0: Bueller. Are you better off than you were four years ago? I want my MTV!
1: I want my MTV! Shall we play a
0: game? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall!
1: Come back with me to the 1980s and the roller coaster ride that was my high school experience. I lived the John Hughes life, and some of the celebrity vocal talent I've assembled to take you on this journey helped to give us all that 80s good time vibe. The names have been changed to protect the not so innocent.
0: The degree of social acceptance that each teenager experiences leaves its mark on his personality pattern. Lack of social acceptance can leave emotional scars.
1: Our first attempt at economic recovery was Jess's house. He threw a major party with kegs, cases, and carbonated wine coolers that all fell off the truck—or as Uncle Mo would like to say—fell on his desk. Everyone was there: Mick, Steve, Allison, Kellen, and Butch, and, and more. The red carpet of Westwood. I always had the famous fish food chain in my head—that you know, that little fish being eaten by a bigger fish, being eaten by a bigger one. If you went by this diagram. These kids were the sharks.
0: Having fun together makes a party. This means both hosts and guests.
1: We had two bigger guys collecting money at the door, stuffing the cash into a shoebox. Five bucks a head and you got a cup admission and all you could drink or puke. The cash shoebox was then handed off to Jan, who took it to another room to count it. I came up to Butch and his girlfriend as they came downstairs in Jess's house. Hey, man, I heard about the cops. I was referring to the police that got involved in the wake of Butch's pummeling of the members-only burgers. Dude, it's fine. We're all gonna be fine. It's all good. Come on. Go raise some money. I found Jan in Jess's kitchen, finishing up the tally. She was nervous, but you could also tell she was pleased. Well, how's the trade deficit, Jan?
0: I gotta get home. My parents think I'm at the
1: movies. How are we gonna get this into the class account? i got that part it feels so much better and then stacy showed up she was flanked by a few girlfriends and she passed through the kitchen with a cup in hand her eyes on the shoebox. she gave me a small smile
0: is anybody hungry well a little snack certainly is pleasant about this time of evening simple food buffet style an informal way to serve refreshments each one can serve himself and help the others too
1: Kiri was there, and she and Mick came up to me sometime during the night. Jess sat nearby at a card table playing around with some of the guys. I couldn't believe Kirsten had come to something I was hosting.
0: Chrissy baby, big party. You making money for our class?
1: She moved close to me, took both of my hands by the wrists, and slapped my hands down on her chest and held them there. She looked me right in the eyes and said, These are Kiri's breasts. Yay! Someone got shares well with others on their report card. Then she produced a $5 bill and dangled it.
0: Who gets this?
1: Oh, you, you don't have to. Jess was up and out of his seat and snatched that five bucks right out of Kiri's hand, preempting my refusal. Jess then took the money toward the kitchen to put it in the cashew box. <coughs> that belch was Scalzo's announcement that he had arrived. He sat down at the card table, grabbing the deck, and shuffled. Who's up for some strip poker? That table cleared fast, like grease in a pan from a drop of Dawn dishwashing liquid. Jan was on her way out of the party to get home when Stacy stopped her. A uh, shoebox treasury? She pointed to the shoebox under Jan's arm. Have a good time, Stacy. Jan walked right out. She wasn't going to engage Stacy. Jan knew the deal and knew Stacy was not looking for social conversation. Stacy was at our party on a fact-finding mission.
0: Part of a good party is knowing when to go home, soon after refreshments have been served. Now, let's think back. What made this party such a good one? What do we want to do next time?
1: The whole thing went on until almost dawn, leaving behind the scattered remains of partiers throughout Jess's house. They found a place to crash pretty much everywhere, including Jess's parents' bed as well as Jess's. His parents were away in Florida somewhere for a week. Jess was crashed on the downstairs sectional, sleeping like the dead next to me. The place smelled of flat beer, sweat, and farts. Around 7.30 that morning, that doorbell woke Jess and shot him into action. He got to his feet. Tripped over the ottoman, almost face planting into the shag carpeting. Fuck! My eyes popped open to find Craig in his underwear in a chair across from me. His body was once again vandalized in markers and Sharpie graffiti. Jess got up and before running up the steps turned to me and yelled, Get everyone up to the laundry room and stay quiet. It's my aunt. I did as told, zipping through the downstairs, waking everyone, getting them up as quietly as possible to hustle them toward the laundry room door. I waved one kid after another into that room going from standing room only to pack like sardines. It was so tight in there if someone passed out they couldn't fall over. As I ran through the rest of the basement, I opened up one door to find Allison asleep with some guy in the downstairs bedroom. I left him and dashed back to the laundry room. I no sooner closed that laundry room door forcing myself inside when there was a knock. I opened it. It was Scalzo. Is there any room in there? No. Come on in. Upstairs, he pretended she had roused him from some wholesome sleep.
0: Oh, honey, did I wake you?
1: No. Aunt Pam, what's up? Did you have a party? I won't tell. I'm the cool aunt, remember? (laughs) No parties. Just had a few friends over, watched some Saturday Night Live, you know? Played some Atari. Down in the laundry room, Scalzo made an announcement to all of us. I got a fart. It's serious. Scalzo crop-dusted that room. I got the whiskey shits, you oh. pussies. Shits? It must have rocketed right upstairs because you heard Jess's aunt ask, Are you feeling okay? No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I just want to go to bed. Let me feel you, Jess. Wow! She is the cool aunt. And then you heard it. Allison waking up to morning sex in that bedroom down the hall from all of us.
0: Do you hear that?
1: You could hear Jess's aunt upstairs, her feet going down the hall, wondering where the rising sex sounds were coming from. Are you watching a porno tape? Filthy farm girls. (laughs) I waited, listening to see if his aunt bought it. Finally, she said, Take the garbage out. She left. And not a moment too soon. I threw open the door, everyone rushing for fresh air from Scalzo's gas chamber. That Monday morning, Jan took a counted stack of bills into Rika's office to his secretary, Mrs. Metzger. She filled out a deposit slip for almost $500 and stapled a fake invoice from Patriot Candy Company. It was stamped, Candy Donated to the Class of 1985 across the page. Jan explained it was one hell of a candy sale. Now, later that week, Jess and I were cruising in the Trans Am. His parents were still in Florida, and he swiped their portable bag phone from the Porsche to his car. I forwarded the business phone. Patriot Candy Company, Steve Henderson speaking. He pretended to be his dad. And he was talking directly to? This is Wayne Ricca, Westview High School Activities Director. Can I talk to the manager or owner? You're talking to him. We have an invoice from your company for $700 worth of candy donated to the class of 1985. Oh, no, no, no. Not an invoice. That's a donation. A very generous donation. Well, can't be doing this sort of shit thing all the time, but happy to help out my son's class. Your son? Jess Henderson. Good-looking kid. He cupped his hand over the phone, winked, and privately said to me... Huge cock. Well, thank you, Mr. Henderson. I'm sure the class appreciates your generosity and support. It, it, it's all for the kids. You know, I really hope you're doing all you can do to support my son's class. You have a great day, Mr. Rika. Bye-bye now. We had one hell of a laugh over that phone call. Don't spill that soda. But meanwhile, back in Ricka's office. Get me Beth Hallidon's room! Re-election season started as early as March, not long after coming back from Christmas break. Posters started popping up all over the building and Stacy led the way. She made it clear in her decision to run for my job with her slogan, Vote for Change. I, however, stuck to my Ronald Reagan formula. We stole right from the Gippers campaign and called for the class of 1985 to stay the course. It's morning again in America. We continued the party fundraisers, even becoming bold enough to have them right in the Patriot candy warehouses and store itself. Cash stuffed Jan's shoebox, and drunken kids passed out all over the outlet. Dummy donation invoices accompanied our deposits, but we knew we couldn't keep this ruse up for much longer. Now Maroon and White Day was a Westwood tradition. It was a school-wide blow-off day for food and picnic activities in the spring. It also provided the opportunity to launder party money. We would be able to say we sold an incredible amount of hot dogs at our concession stand that we shared with the junior class. It was a total bullshit day of sack and three-legged races, egg tosses, and lots of food and soda sold under the guise of school spirit. Teachers were the chaperones for the day, but Willie got stuck supervising the water balloon fight competition and naturally got smacked with more than a couple stray balloons. Hey, hey, hey! Not at me! I was there with my trusty Super 8 camera, getting all of it in terrific, no-sound quality. Jan and I agreed to work the stand. Yosh had done enough for me with the flu. And Becca... Well, it was a day for Becca to parade around in a shirt and pair of shorts one size too small and get the attention she loved and, well, quite frankly, deserved. We shared the stadium concession stand. and that day, I was blessed by this absolutely cute blonde in a tight t-shirt and maroon shorts in charge of selling soda to thirsty field dayers. She had this beautiful smile, blue eyes, and a mane of wild blonde hair. Her body was perfect in the maroon and white attire, and I couldn't keep my eyes off of her. Then Hallidin came to our window and threw a bucket of cold water over me. Making lots of money? I opened our cash box and it belched green. We had moved shoebox money into it. I assume you can provide receipts for all those hot dogs. Sure can. Then Stacy magically appeared, as if on cue. She grabbed at Hallidin's hand to lead her away from our window. Can I see you for a minute? Hey, Stace. Need a wiener? I waved a hot dog salaciously at her. She ignored me, leading Hallidin just out of hearing range, but making sure they could be seen. I got distracted by the soda-slinging blondie in the stand. I decided to go for it. It's a stiff competition out there. Really? Jan heckled me from back by the grill. Hey, lover boy. Cook the wieners. However... Jan kept her eye on Hallidon and Stacy, who kept looking back at me and our stand while they talked. Well, this can't be good. I was oblivious, focusing all of my attention on Soda Girl. Hey, if you're not doing anything over the Memorial Day weekend and you want to see a movie, I work there. I dropped the I work at the movies pickup line again. Behind me, Jan watched as the members-only burners that Butch had pounded approach Hallidon and Stacy. Jan later said that Stacy had them waiting, bringing them to Haladin to talk. Sure. Want my name? I was just going to ask. Reagan Henner. No, Reagan, like the president? R-E-G-A-N. Like the girl from The Exorcist. We need to talk, Chris. Well, shut up, Jan. Well, Reagan's a great name. Reagan handed me her number and my head was about to explode. I got a date, and she was hot. Life was good. I turned to Jan, floating on air, Reagan's phone number pinched hard between my fingers. You need to know what I just saw. Well, okay. Jan didn't smile at my Reagan voice. It always got her to smile. But not that afternoon. She was worried eyes kept darting out to where Stacy and Halladin once stood. She was serious. I suddenly wish Yosh was with us instead of out on the field somewhere playing in the games. I should have taken things far more seriously, but my mind was elsewhere. Yes, but you're all up for re-election in the spring. If you are
0: going to give a party, plan that party around a purpose. Choose your guests carefully. Plan invitations... Plan for refreshments and entertainment. Then, practice to be a skillful host. Make sure the party is fun for everyone.